All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, Amy here, and I'm sitting across from my friend, Allison Fallon, a.k.a. on Instagram, at Allie Fallon. Hey, Allie. Hi, Amy. She just showed up at my house and we're so excited to record, but I think we're mostly excited too because after we record, we're going to go for a walk and catch up. I know. It's been a long time. So this is our pre-walk chat. And what we're going to talk about today, since Allie is an author and an expert writing coach, she's also been on the podcast before. So I mean, if you want to go back a couple of years, you could listen to that episode. Uh, But I definitely want to follow up with the importance of writing with you because I know that's just a huge part of who you are and you've been such an encouragement to me and and tapping into writing because you're an expert writing coach, not just for people that are trying to author a book, but for people just writing in general and putting things pen to paper. And so today we're going to talk about other things than just writing though. We're going to talk about working on ourselves, outgrowing things, and then we'll tap into the writing thing with like writing for our mental health because it is, it's therapeutic. It is. Yeah. And I think when people hear the word writing, a lot of people think about, you know, writing as a career, writing a book, writing an article, publishing something, or maybe the thing that comes to mind is, you know, writing a paper in school or whatever. We have a lot of memories and ideas tied to writing that can be 
you know, ranging anywhere from kind of traumatic to like just unpleasant. But writing is such an incredible tool that literally anybody can use for all kinds of purposes in their life. You know, you could write a post on on social media that's going to inspire other people who read it. You could write something in a journal that, you know, is just for you and that helps you process some kind of an event from your life. You could write a letter to someone that you love that really expresses how you feel about them and, you know, helps you feel more connected to that person. So there's all different ways that we can use a tool like writing. And that's really my goal is to help people move from feeling like, well, I'm not a writer or I'm not really that good at writing. I hear that a lot to helping people embrace this tool that's readily accessible and absolutely free to anyone who wants to use it. Well, I'm glad one of the first things you mentioned, and that was maybe writing something for social media that will inspire others because that's the perfect transition into the first thing that I want to talk about because I was inspired by something that you posted on your Instagram Mm. page. And it was about working on yourself and fighting for what matters. And I'm going to go ahead and just read to you if it's not too awkward. I'll, I'll read back to you exactly what you wrote and then you can speak to that, what you were putting it out there for and what you're, you were hoping to encourage people by sharing this part of your story. You had posted, I think it was like a video of you and like your husband and kids. Uh, yeah, that sounds that, right. To go along with this caption. But you said, sometimes I look at my life and think about how barely five years ago, I left a toxic marriage at 34 years old with a commitment to work on myself and my patterns and how I thought that that meant that I'd never marry again or have children of my own. Here I am five years later and happier than I've ever been. In case you need a reminder that working on yourself and fighting for what you want matters and works, here it is. Whoever you are and whatever you are fighting for, I believe in you. Five years flies by. Mm. And so I got goosebumps reading that because I know some of your story. You had your book, Indestructible, where you broke a lot of that down. Yeah, And then you came on the podcast and you talked about the power of writing it down, which we'll get into in just a minute. But for anybody else, like just feeling like they're in the the pit, they're in the yeah. bottom of it. There is no hope for like, what is my life? Because like you were leaving a marriage. You were like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is it for me. I'm probably never going to get married again or have kids. And now I'm looking across from you and I ran into your husband, your current, your new yeah. husband at a juice bar not too long ago. Yeah. And then you've got beautiful children. And so yeah. what was the reasoning behind you wanting to share that on social? I mean, same reason that I encourage so many people to share their story because it's through the sharing of our stories that we find connection to other people, that we realize that we're not crazy, that we see that we're totally okay, that we find the courage to keep fighting and moving forward to, you know, accomplish whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish in our lives. And I think for me, the moment that I'm talking about there on Instagram was a really genuine moment where I was, you know, legitimately looking around my life thinking, like, how is it possible that I'm here? And it's only been five years since the moment that I was feeling like I was in such a dark place and I wasn't sure how I was going to fight my way out of that. And so I wanted other people who might be in the place that I was in five years ago to be able to see a visual image on Instagram of the life that I have now and the stark contrast and maybe find the courage or find the strength or whatever that they needed in order to keep going and and keep fighting on on the healing journey that they're on. So I'll give a little bit of context to this. So I have been a writer professionally for the last 12 or 15 years or so. But when I went through this dark time in my life that I'm talking about in that post, I not only was going through a really hard time personally, but because my personal life was so connected to my work, because I write memoirs, (laughs) I write about my life. I also thought, 
I was never going to be able to write books again. And what I ended up doing was taking this very personal experience from my life and using writing, which I had been, you know, um, using in my professional life all the time as a tool to process what I had been going through personally. And the, the act of writing that book called Indestructible, I didn't know at the time that I was writing it that it was going to become a book, but the act of using writing as a tool really helped me to zoom out from my story, to understand the role that I had played in it, to see myself as the hero of my own story, to figure out what my path forward was going to be, to regain a sense of confidence and find my footing in my in my life moving forward. And then the most shocking part to me was that when I did eventually have the opportunity to share that story more widely through the book, the ability that I had to connect to other people who had been through something similar was so profoundly moving and so healing for me. The emails that I get from people talking about, you know, how they read my book in a single sitting and it gave them the courage that they needed to leave a toxic relationship or, you know, I've gotten emails from from men who read the book who say like, your book made me rethink the way that I treat my partner. So emails that I get like that or notes that I get from people who have read the book really, it, you know, it continues the healing process. The process is the writing the story and then there's also the sharing of a story where I get to connect with other people who have been through something similar. Well, I love that you shared in that post too that you're like, hey, this is what working on yourself and fighting for what matters looks like because it's not like what got you from point A to point B now was just like, la, 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 okay, here we are. Sure. Like you committed to working on yourself because yeah. that's what mattered to you. You weren't going to, you know, curl up in a ball and, and be defeated in a sense. You were going to take control. And so you gave yourself that permission to work on yourself. And then this is the fruit from that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, would it be helpful for me to talk a little bit about what working on myself yeah. looked like? Okay. Yes. Because I feel like we talk, we can talk about like working on ourselves and it looks different for every person. So it's not going to be the same for everyone. But I just thought it might be helpful for people to hear like, here are the things that I did. And most of what I did is I just followed my intuition. So when I found myself in this place where my, this relationship that I thought was going to be, I mean, I was married. I thought this was going to be a forever kind of thing. That relationship was falling apart. As I pulled away from it, I started to see that a lot of the patterns that were happening between us were really very toxic and the relationship itself was just not a healthy one. And, you know, because of that, it was very connected to my career and my personal life. So a lot, it felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me and every part of my life was falling apart. So I had to pause and first and foremost, tune in and pay attention to my intuition and what, what is my intuition telling me to do next? And one thing I did is I went to a therapeutic retreat called Onsite, which is not far you know, from us here in Nashville. It's in a place called Cumberland Furnace in Tennessee. It's basically like a year's worth of therapy in a week. And I went to Onsite. Um, I just knew that I knew that I knew that I needed to go. And it was more, more money than I could afford at the time. But I just got my credit card out and paid for it and got myself to Onsite. I started doing yoga regularly. That was my way. There are a lot of different ways to do this, but my way of moving my body so that some of the traumatic experiences that I had could move through my body. And as I was, you know, doing some of the personal work that I could kind of like work it out of my physicality, out of my cells. So I started doing yoga every day. You and I were talking about this. I don't do yoga every day anymore. We used to do yoga together, <laughs> Allie and I. We did. And we had such wonderful teachers at the studio we went to. I can think of so many times where I know. it would show up through, particularly through one of our teachers, Sarah. Like I probably cried multiple times in, one, in her classes, just, Same. you know, not dramatically, but I just would come out or yeah. I would get stuck in a particular yeah. position and she would be like, well, okay, what are you holding on to? Yeah. And so, yes, a, a movement in that way is a very 
telling is a way for your body to communicate to you what's going on. Yes, exactly. And, you know, so much of our life experiences are held in our bodies. So you can go sit and talk to a therapist. And I did a lot of therapy too. So I talk therapy is really great. But there's only so much that you can get to from sitting across the room from someone and, and talking. You can talk about the experiences, but you can't really get to the trauma that's held in your muscles and in your bones and in your cells and in your body. So yoga is a really great way to get to that kind of stuff too. Or if you find a therapist too that does talk therapy, but also experiential. Yes. Yeah. Or therapy. EMDR. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of EMDR. I did some brain spotting. I mean, it, what's interesting is I started with one thing that I knew that I needed to do, which was go to onsite. And from onsite, the rest of it showed itself to me. So you know, when I was leaving onsite, they give you an aftercare plan and they tell you to, you got to get a therapist. <laughs> so that was the next thing I did was get a therapist. And I felt really pulled to yoga. And so I, that's why I started doing yoga. And through yoga, I met a lot of other people who were like, have you tried body work or have you tried this or have you tried that? And I just had a real openness around like what could be possible if I was willing to engage with some of these modalities to work through my trauma, to identify some of these negative patterns that I was in, to ask myself like why had I made the choices that I had made that got, had gotten me to this point and to take ownership back in my life and decide that I was going to, I was going to do things differently. Well, thank you for sharing some yeah. of the steps that you took. Cause yeah, I think it is important for people to know, okay, wait, well, I do want to work on myself, but you know, that's what it looked yeah. like for you. Yeah. And just a little funny fact about onsite yeah. is that my husband had gone and yeah. your husband had gone yeah. and they happened to be there at the same time, <laughs> oh <my laughs> but God. they didn't really know each other for sure, for sure. Yeah. They just, they connected. And of course they ended up putting the piece of the puzzle together. Yeah. And then your husband gave my husband a ride home Yeah, and, you know, cause again, it's like this week long retreat and it's a little bit of a drive, not too bad yeah. from Nashville, but all of a sudden your husband's like at my house and I'm like, hey, and Ben's like, yeah, we just spent we the just week spent, together yeah. at, basically at therapy camp and he gave me a ride home. That's, my husband actually tells that story as one of his most embarrassing moments because he's sitting across from your husband who he had met because we were there at your, we were just barely first dating when we yes. when your kids came home from Haiti. Mm-hmm. So we were there at the party. And that was such an overwhelming, party. there was tons of people there. So that's yes. yeah, why they probably didn't know for sure if they had met. So the two of them had met, had seen each other's faces, but you know, anyway, but Matt said that he was sitting across from your husband and asking them like, you know, tell me about yourself or whatever. And he's like, well, we have two kids adopted from Haiti and blah, 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 my wife and I. And Matt said, he, he started going, my wife has a friend who has two kids that are adopted from (laughs) Haiti. And he's like, they got like a ways into the conversation. And like, Ben was kind of like, like nodding at Matt, like, yeah, yeah, I think. I know what's happening here and they put the pieces together, but. Well, yeah, but I yeah. mean, you're also at this place where you're going and it's like you get vulnerable and you're uh-huh. opening up and you're like, I'm probably not going to run into anybody that I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I mean, the beauty of that is if you're willing to go and show up and put in the work, like everybody can respect the fact that you're totally. there to do it because you can go and do private type sessions or you can do group, yep. a group setting. So I know people travel to onsite from all over the world. Over so the world. if you haven't heard of it and this is interesting to you, and like Ali said, it's not something she could have really even paid for at the time, no. but you knew that it was crucial mm-hmm. and you knew that it was it was something that you needed to do to work on yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the best gift that we can give ourselves is making sure that we write ourselves that permission slip to do yeah. what we need to do to take care of ourselves because then otherwise we're not showing up as who we need to be. Yeah. If you happen to be a mom, if you happen to be a partner, a coworker, a friend, and 
the work continues. I mean, life is a roller coaster, right? So it's not like you put up that post on Instagram and you're like, okay, the work stops here. Look at my happy life. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, that's really true. And I think that's part of why I posted when I did is because I told you when I first got here, you were like, how have you been? Because we haven't seen each other since before the pandemic. And I was saying the last two years have been really tough for us as a family. It was just a lot has happened. It's been all really good stuff. But sometimes when you're drinking from the fire hose of life, it can feel a little overwhelming, even when it's stuff that you wanted to happen. And so it was a good moment for me to look around my life and be like, oh, this is why I did all of that work so that I could be here. And also don't forget about the dreams that you have moving forward and what you want your life to look like. And don't forget that, you know, change continues to happen. And so it's important to keep working on yourself. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Well, that's where Express Employment Professionals comes into play. And if you work with them, that's exactly what you're going to get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert that you can trust. And they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Just go to expresspros.com to find an office near you. Or you can even download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. So whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... 
Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Which change leads me to the next thing I want to talk about, and that's outgrowing things. And this is something else that you posted where I was Mm. like, oh, I love well, pretty much everything you put up. So does my friend Lisa. You know, Lisa Oh my Hain. gosh, I love Lisa so She's much. She's obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with her too. Uh, every time I listen to her podcast, my husband's like, is this that girl you love? I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. So she, I see her comment. She's like, I love this. You are the best. Like, you know, all the things. Yeah. But you had posted about outgrowing things. And I just wanted you to speak to something that you put up because I mm-hmm. love your words. And I feel like, again, sometimes we need that permission to hear from someone else that it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you're no longer, you know, yours was inspired. It meant a lot of different things, but you had previously put up, well, I'll let you tell the story. I'm going to read it and then you tell the origin and then what you meant. Okay, Okay. here's what you put up. Sometimes we outgrow things. Sometimes we bust through the seams, not because we are too big, but because the old life thing or way was too small. And by the way, what is so wrong with being big anyway? Hmm. I okay. wrote that. I can't believe I wrote you that. You wrote that. So passing the torch to you. <sighs> to, it's better explained by you. Well, this is cool. So the, the place that this came from is I had a baby four months ago. My son is just barely four months old. And, you know, your body goes through a lot of changes in, in pregnancy. And one of the things that I've learned, I've had two kids in two years since the pandemic started. I had my daughter in 2020 and then my son in 2021. Um, so my body has gone through a lot and, to, you know, to bring these two children here. It's been a journey for me. But one of the cool things that has come out of it is it's really shaped my own relationship to my body. One of the commitments that I made to myself is that I wasn't going to try to get my body to do a certain thing or look a certain way or be a certain way, which is something I've tried to do for most of my life, but that I was really going to just honor my body and nourish her and cherish her and let her do whatever it is that she's going to do. So I wasn't like on the train of trying to get back into a certain size jeans after my babies came or anything like that. I was just nourishing my body in the way that it needed to be nourished and letting her decide what size she wanted to be. But 
right around the time that my son turned four months, I thought I'd pull out my old clothes just to see if I could fit into my old jeans or if I needed to buy some new ones. And I was like really excited to find that I fit into my old denim, not because of wanting to be a certain size, but just because it meant I didn't have to go buy a new pair of jeans. <laughs> and so I get these jeans on, I'm feeling really good about myself. And I'm like, oh, look, my jeans fit. And I've got them all buttoned up and I'm hanging out for the day. And like two hours into my day, I bend over to pick something up and the jeans just completely split down the back. And it was like this familiar wash of the feeling was really shame or embarrassment that that my jeans had ripped and the, all the old stories about like, oh, you're too big for these jeans or whatever it is. So I sat down to write about it because this is my go-to tool that I use whenever I'm having big feelings about something. And, you know, I had like three minutes between two things that I needed to do. And so I just kind of wrote what I was feeling and what was going on with me. And that post that I put on Instagram came out of that three minutes of writing. So it was a couple of things for me. A, it was like the wisdom that I could give to myself in that moment that you're feeling shame, that these pants don't fit you, but they're pants. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Don't forget this commitment that you made to yourself that you're not going to try to force yourself back into places that don't fit you. So it was this wisdom that I needed to hear. It was like my wiser, higher self talking to me. But then it was also a cool moment of realizing that this tool that I love and use and that I teach other people how to use the tool of writing is a way that we can get back to that wise part of ourselves when we get out of alignment. So you have this moment where like, you know, in the truest part of yourself that the size of your pants don't matter, but there's still this smaller part of you that feels like, well, of course the size of my pants matters, you know? And I could sit down and in three minutes, literally use the tool of writing to access that higher, wiser part of myself, give the wisdom to myself that I needed. And then, you know, as the happy benefit, the cherry on the cake is I got to share that on Instagram and hear from people who are really also inspired by that piece of wisdom. So it's just interesting. People will say to me, like, you're so wise. How did you become so wise? And I'm like, I don't think I'm any wiser than anyone else. I think I just use writing as a tool to access that wisdom and then share it with other people. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you, you do that. Um, cause some people needed to hear it for that exact reason mm -hmm. today, the, the pants reason, the, um, bounce back culture, this idea that society has planted in women's head that, you know, you got to bounce back after having a baby. Yeah. And so that's a story that's in heads everywhere. everywhere like even yeah. right now, someone might be literally struggling with that exact thought. So you know, you posted it for those people, but also when you did the follow-up post about, you know, sometimes we outgrow things. And while it was originally inspired by the pants, it can mean so much more. Yeah. We might be outgrowing relationships. We might be outgrowing a job. We might be outgrowing, I don't know, do you, like a, it could be yeah, a way endless. of doing things, yes. you know? I mean, another thing I've been talking a lot about on Instagram lately is like learning to regulate my own nervous system, which has been a lesson I've been led into by watching my children and seeing what happens to them when their nervous systems are dysregulated. I'm like, oh, I recognize that behavior. That, huh, that makes me make a lot more sense to myself. And so I've been working on regulating my nervous system. But what I'm realizing is that an old way of doing things was to live in nervous system dysregulation and call it normal. Like I would say things like I'm an anxious person or I would say things like I just have a ton of energy. I'm just busy all the time. I love to be busy. And I'm realizing that that was a way of life that served me for a certain period of time for whatever reason. And now that I am in the season of life that I'm in now, I'm realizing it doesn't serve me anymore. And 
I've just outgrown it and it's time to move on. And it can be challenging to move on and to let something go because it's the only way you've known to do your life. It's the only coping mechanism that you learned that worked for you for so long. And so to let that go can feel scary because you're like, well, how else will I survive? How else will I cope? But that's, you know, one of the many ways that I think you could apply this message to your life is, is there a pattern that you've used for a long time that you're done with? You've outgrown it. You've busted through the seams. That's not working for you anymore. You're ready to move on. Is there a relationship that served you for a long time, maybe that, you know, brought you a lot of joy and purpose and peace and whatever, and now it doesn't do that for you anymore. And now it's time to move on. Is there a a role in your life that you used to play? Maybe you used to be the helper and you'd always go save all your friends from all their problems or whatever else. And now that's not working for you anymore and you're tired and you need to help yourself and it's time to move on. You've outgrown it. Is there a location, you know, like a church community or a Or even a city, kind of like the, I think of limited thoughts sometimes that we have of like, oh, or maybe a dream or like where it's limiting. I know that kind of seems like right now, it sounds like I'm saying the opposite of outgrowing, but you're outgrowing the fact that you're limiting what you can do. Yes. So like if you want, you've always wanted to go live somewhere don't limit that being like, oh, I could never go do that. Yes. Or how would I ever get there? Yeah. So, you know, quiet that and grow into, well, that is a possibility. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you shared all those examples. And I was actually having a conversation with my sister recently. She's a big fan of yours, by the way. Oh. We were having a conversation about something and it was so healthy and mature. And I, I say that for both of us. Yeah. And I'm not bragging. Yeah. It just was really refreshing to have a very honest, vulnerable mm. conversation where nobody got defensive. Nobody yeah, was pointing fingers. Yeah, People owned what they needed to own. There was, how can we move forward? What's the solution? There was yeah. um, problem solving together. Yes. There was, you know, like what's the next step? Yeah. And it wasn't anything super dramatic by any means, but it was a really good example. And I could almost, I was very self-aware of my growth in that moment. I'm not, I'm trying to just also offer hope that like, I don't know if me a year ago would have handled that that way. Yeah. I honestly think it would have affected me in a way that would have, I would have come off completely unhealthy, probably made her feel a certain way. And then it just would have been toxic. Yeah. And instead, because we're both in a good place and we were able to just show up honestly and have healthy dialogue, it was so, I want to say simple, but I also, now that I'm thinking back on it, saying it back to you, it was pretty beautiful. Profound. Because isn't that what we all wish relationships could look like? Not every relationship is going to unpack that way. And that's the hard part is like, okay, well, maybe that's not, I can't explain why some don't work out that way. It doesn't mean anybody's a bad person. Yeah. But I'm just thankful, at least with my sister. Yes. (laughs) That I can have that. And it's so safe. Yes. And I'm safe with her and she's safe with me. That's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. You know, you were like worried that you were bragging or, you know, whatever. I think it's so important to say things like that. First of all, to mark the moment for yourself when something like that happens. It's exactly like what I was doing with the Instagram post about my husband and my kids. It's not like I'm saying like, I'm so amazing because I, you know, changed my life. It's like I'm marking the moment for myself to just remind myself, look at how far I've come. And then I think the second reason it's important to say those things, and especially in a venue like this where other people are going to hear you say it, is because there's someone out there who's listening 
who wants to know if it's possible to have a relationship like that with their sister or their partner or their best friends or whatever. And maybe they're kind of like, you know, uh, they're wondering, like they have relationships that are not quite that healthy or don't always feel that good to them. And they're like, is it even possible to have relationships that are satisfying and full and where I feel like I can be safe and vulnerable? And for them to hear you say that is a reminder that, yes, it's absolutely possible. Keep fighting for what you're doing. Keep, you know, keep going to therapy, keep going to yoga, keep going to onsite, whatever it is that you're doing to get where you're trying to go. You can be like a beacon of light for someone in that regard just by telling a story like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. <laughs> encouraging me to to say more things like that because it does feel weird to just say it out loud. Like I'm Look at how I handled this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also admitting that is not how I would have handled it a year yes. ago, but it's taken the, I committed to working on myself yes. and I'm trying to fight for what matters. I mean, to kind of put a bow on everything that we've talked about so far is working on yourself, fighting for what matters, outgrowing things. And, you know, in both of those different posts that you put up on Instagram, obviously they came from your writing and writing is therapeutic and you are a huge advocate mm-hmm. of writing for mental health. So why don't you guide us through what that looks like? Because writing can be sure. very intimidating for people. I know you have an infinity prompt. Yeah. So if you just want to speak to the science behind how writing is therapeutic and then the prompt. Okay. I'm going to like do a very high level uh, explanation of the science because A, because I go over it in much more depth in the power of writing it down. So if you're like me and you geek out over this kind of stuff, you can go get a, a copy of The Power of Writing It Down and you can read all about what happens in the brain when you're writing and all that stuff. But essentially the reason why writing is such a powerful tool for mental health is because it changes the way that your brain engages in information. It actually moves you from operating in one part of your brain and when you pick up a pen and put the pen to paper, you begin operating with more of your brain. So what it can do is kind of pull up from an unconscious part of your brain memories that may not be like, you know, top of mind or in your working memory. And it can help you process through those things and make a lot more sense of them. So what you experience when you're doing it is almost like a zooming out, like a 30,000 foot view of an experience in your life. So that rather than experiencing it with really intense charged emotions, you'll be able to experience it with a little bit more clarity. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store. All right. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. 
Well, that's where Express Employment Professionals comes into play. And if you work with them, that's exactly what you're going to get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert that you can trust. And they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Just go to expresspros.com to find an office near you. Or you can even download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. So whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what this looks like in practicality is just a regular practice of journaling. And what I teach is that you can do this in a really simple way. It doesn't have to be complicated. Writing can be incredibly intimidating for people. But let me just like lift the veil and say that all you have to do is what I did the other day when I wrote that Instagram post, which is you're having a big feeling in a moment. You pause, you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen. It doesn't have to be a fancy journal, but can be. And you take three to five minutes to write down what's going on with you. I'll teach you a prompt that will, will help you to do that. But before I get to that, 
cultivating a regular practice of writing in your life where you write for five, between five and 40 minutes every single day, 40 minutes on a day when you feel like you've got the time for it, you have a lot to say, you want to process something, you're really enjoying your time, five minutes on a day or even three minutes on a day when you're racing from meeting to meeting or you've got to go pick up your kids or you're sitting in you know, the pickup line or something like that with your your journal that you pull out of your glove box. So three minutes on a day like that, just to stop for a second, to zoom out from your life, to think about what's going on with you. And to I, I call it metabolizing your life. So it's like when you put food into your mouth, it goes into your body and your body has to metabolize it. It has to break it down. It has to decide what are the nutrients and what it wants to keep and use for good. And it has to decide what's the waste and flush out the waste. So writing about your life does that. It metabolizes your life. So I'll teach a prompt that is a really easy prompt that you can use over and over and over again. You'll never, ever run out of things to write about because this is a big complaint that I hear from people that they will say, I got a journal. I, you know, I read what you wrote and I, I'm so excited and I got this journal and I really want to create a habit of journaling in my life, but I have no idea where to start. I have nothing to write about. Nothing exciting ever happens to me. My life is not that interesting. <laughs> So this is the prompt that I teach. It's called the infinity prompt, and it will help to ensure that you never run out of things to write about. So essentially, the first thing that you do is choose a situation from your life that feels charged. And by charged, I just mean that it has some electricity to it. So this could be something that's present day, or it could be something that happened many, many years ago. It could be something really small, or it could be something much bigger. It could be like, for example, you know, um, I lost a parent when I was very young and I've never really worked through the trauma of that. I have a lot of grief around it and I've never really, you know, every time I think about it, I, I tears well up in my eyes and I feel kind of tingly all over and I feel really vulnerable. And that could be the thing that you choose to write about. Or it could be something really simple like I was driving to work today and someone cut me off and I found myself feeling really furious. My heart was racing or I was scared maybe. My heart was racing, my hands were sweaty. And what was that about? So choose something that has some electricity around it. And then the prompt itself has three parts. You start by writing the facts of the situation. So you can just literally create a bullet pointed list, if that's the easiest way to do it, where you write down maybe what time of day it was, write down where you were, the location. You could write down the parties who were involved. So let's say you're writing about a phone conversation. You can just say, you know, I was on the phone with my sister or my brother or whatever Write down the things that people said to the best of your memory. And it's going to be challenging to remember exactly what was said. You'll probably most likely remember the things that were said through the lens of how you interpreted them. So see if you can catch yourself doing that where you might say, like, he told me I was an idiot or something like that. And pause and say, like, is that really what he said? Or did he say something that made me feel like that's what he thought about me? And see if you can detail the, the conversation word for word or as best as you can. And then spend some time just fleshing out the facts of the situation. Pretend you're a journalist and you have to record these facts exactly as they took place. So that's the first part of the prompt. Second part of the prompt is recording your, your thoughts about the situation. And the best uh, lead in that I can give to help people unpack their thoughts in this prompt is the story I'm telling myself is. So if you got caught off in traffic and you were feeling really worked up, the story I'm telling myself is, you know, no one ever, I'm invisible. No one ever sees me coming. Or the story I'm telling myself is, I don't know. Try. Well, I can just say, I, I, I don't want to give the specifics of the conversation I had with my sister, but I used that okay. in our conversation that yeah. I was just sharing that it was, that was very 
healthy dialogue. And I knew that she would understand that language. So that's also awesome when the other person knows what you're trying to say. When you say, hey, just heads up, like right now, the story I'm telling myself is, and then that kind of allows my sister, her guard is now down because it's not like I'm saying, this is what you did to me and da, 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 da. I'm saying the story that I'm telling myself is this. And I, I'm aware enough to know that that's not true. Sure. So help walk me through what happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain to me what, what was going on in your head? Mm -hmm. Because when I see that action, the way I interpret it is Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And I knew that I was like, I felt it in my throat. And that's another thing. My therapist is very like, I feel a lot of things in my throat. Other people feel it somewhere else. Other places. I have anxiety in my chest that I've now identified. It's not always there. Not always, but it yeah. is circumstantial. And now I know. First, I thought I was having like heart problems <laughs> and or I was taking a ton of Tums. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I've, I need I need to buy, like go to Costco and get a thing of Tums. I was eating so many, but because yeah. I thought, is this heartburn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I've pinpointed it, but like in my throat, when I was talking to my sister, I could like physically feel it in my throat. And so I also used a tool from therapy. And while I'm talking to my sister, I put my hand over my throat mm. and then I put my hand on my heart and then I just breathe while I'm talking. And it's not like she knows I'm doing that on the other sure. end of the line, but I'm trying to make sure I stay, like you were talking about regulating your nervous system and trying to be more in control of that yeah. and knowing that I don't have to spiral. Yes. So anyway, I'm it's not so good. trying to derail where you are. With no, you're the, not at all. You're giving um, like really practical examples of how the to prompt, put this to work. But yeah, yeah like do, going through the facts is helpful. And then, yeah, like you're saying, like the thought, or like what you thought happened to yeah. you and journaling that. I can see how that's very powerful. It's not an accident that the infinity prompt parallels a lot of the work that you would do in traditional talk therapy because it's based on the cognitive behavioral model, which I teach all of this in the power of writing it down as well. There's not time to go through it you know, in depth here, but essentially the cognitive behavioral model is, it it says that, that there are events in your life that lead you to think a certain thought and that thought leads you to feel a certain way. And that feeling that you have leads you to act in a certain way. And that action gets you a result. And the result usually is similar to related to connected to takes you all the way back to the beginning, the event that took place in your life. So let use this, the conversation with your sister as an example. Maybe for your whole life, I'm making this up, so I don't know your relationship with your sister, but for your whole life, you and your sister get in kind of the same argument over and over and over again. And every time you get in this argument, you think the thought in your head, the story I'm telling myself is, my sister doesn't respect me. And every time you think that thought, you feel that tension in your throat and you feel like you know you you can't speak up. And so then your action is, I don't speak up. I don't tell her how I'm feeling. I don't tell her what I'm thinking about. And then that action causes your sister to behave in a way that usually comes across to you as disrespect. So it's it's cyclical. (laughs) It's cyclical. Say that five times. Cyclical. (laughs) So this is the cognitive behavioral model. It's been around for a really long time. I didn't invent this, but it's most of traditional talk therapy is born out of that model, which is why writing can be such a helpful tool. And especially this prompt is created to, to marry really nicely with a therapeutic process. So if you're already in therapy, seeing a therapist, let's say once a week, every Tuesday you go see your therapist. And then from Tuesday to Tuesday, most of us are just kind of like, well, I guess I'll wait until I see my therapist again. But you could theoretically use the infinity prompt to process the things that are happening to you from Tuesday to Tuesday. So that when you go back and see your therapist on Tuesday, you're like, hey, guess what happened to me this week? And here's what I learned about myself. I learned about myself that I'm always telling myself the story. People are disrespecting me. 
where does that come from? And you can start to get curious and unpack from there. So what you do is, you know, I, I say with all, with so much respect to all the therapists, many therapists who've helped me in my life, that you become your own therapist and your therapist starts to live inside of your brain. You can almost like take them with you throughout the week and ask yourself the questions that they would ask you and unpack all of that through the, the act of writing and, you know, make twice as much progress as you would without that tool. So I know you mentioned the facts and then the thoughts. Yes. Oh and yeah. Then, and then the feelings. Okay. And then so, the feelings is next. Yeah. But this so is how, three steps. Yes. Three okay. steps. So you, you name the facts of a situation, then you name your thoughts that you're having, and then you write about your feelings and you hit the nail on the head. One of the best ways to think about how you're feeling is to ask yourself where you feel it in your body. And this is for some people, not a natural thing to do, but it's pretty simple. If you can take a minute and take a deep breath, think about the situation that you're writing about and just ask yourself, where in my body am I feeling a sensation? So um, think about how, when you feel scared, your heart might race or your palms might get sweaty that's a sensation that you're having in your body that's letting you know that you're having a feeling. And so if you can identify, I feel tension in my throat, I feel a tightness in my chest, I feel my, like my heart is racing, I feel like my palms are getting sweaty, I feel it like in my, my big toe or something like that, you, wherever it is that you feel it in your body, it can be helpful to you to identify that so that you can understand what you're feeling. Yeah. And I mean, awareness, I don't think a year ago I would have been aware that I, it stuff shows up in my throat. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like, oh, well, there it is. Okay. Yeah. This means something. Pause. And you know, for me, for years, my eating disorder was my, what I used to numb. And so that's something I outgrew. Yes. Thank, thank goodness. But I know a lot of people use food and body image things, disordered patterns mm -hmm. to numb out and not be aware of things. And so that's another thing that we get to outgrow. And I yeah. just also, you know, try to offer that in, that that hope that I never thought that that was possible for me. I just thought I'm just going to have to live this way the rest of my life. Yeah. And thankfully I didn't have to. That's something I outgrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So I'm, and I'm very thankful for that. And I had originally booked you to come on the podcast after Donald Miller because his latest book here on a mission, my sister's obsessed with that by yeah. the way too. And she's the one that told me about it. So we read it together and then I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get him on the podcast. And then he shouts you out in the book yeah. and I'm like, oh, and then I should get Allie on as a follow-up to talk about the writing because, well, first of all, you just to read here on the mission and I'll save a lot about what that book is about for when Donald is on. I had to reschedule him though to June I had to cancel and I canceled you too. I had to move yes. you to today because I was going to randomly Be film a movie. <laughs> a movie, which is crazy, which is kind of ironic too, because his book is all about characters in a yeah. movie. And, but really the characters we play in our life, yep. like, are you showing up as the hero, the villain, the guide or the victim? And so I was just thinking about my teeny tiny movie role. Like I have a scene in a bathroom. That is my time to shine. <laughs> in the bathroom. But I just realized I hadn't thought about it. Like I knew I was an encourager, but now in Donald terms, in terms you would use too, when yeah. it comes to like writing your story and like how, what is it looking like in that tiny bathroom moment? I'm a guide. I love that. Yeah. Everybody needs to read Hero on a Mission. It's such a profound book. Don's work over the years on story and storytelling and how that connects to our lives and how we can 
use that tool to create more agency in our lives is completely life-changing. I would not be here if it weren't for him. So yeah. Well, and then talk about yeah. what the work y'all are doing together. Okay. I mean, I listened to the book. I yeah. didn't physically read it. My sister did both and she had the book out with a highlighter and a pencil and she like take notes in the margin. <laughs> I like, love she's... it. So I just listened. But when he said your name, I reround it. And I'm like, that's my friend. <laughs> It's, that's my moment in the sun. <laughs> I get mentioned in his book. Yeah. I love it so much. No, we've teamed up because Don has done all this work with story and storytelling over the years. And I've learned so much from him. He's been a huge champion in my career. And I've just, you know, learned from following along what he does. And I have worked with authors helping them write mostly memoirs, but nonfiction books of all kinds. And we just put our, our powers together, I guess, and started thinking about what it would look like to help everyday people, not necessarily people who want to write books, although if you want to write a book, um, more power to you, to help everyday people share their stories through writing so that they could share it with other people, but mostly so that they can process their own life. So we created this workshop called Write Your Story. It's a two-day workshop. In the course of two days, we help you choose a story from your life, understand how to tell that story in a really compelling way, and to write it in three to five pages. So then you have a story from your life written in three to five pages that you can share with other people to inspire them. You can share it with your kids just to help them understand you better or your family members or whatever. You can keep it for yourself. Uh, you don't have to share it with anyone. You can do whatever you want with it. You could turn it into a TED talk. You could turn it into a book, whatever you want to do. And it's been really cool to see how people put this tool to work because uh, there are just so many different ways that you can use it, but you don't have to want to do anything with it. You can just come to the workshop and write a story from your life and discover how interesting you are and discover that you have a lot to say when you maybe didn't think that you had a lot to say. Understand the role that you play in your life. Like you're talking about, you know, Don talks about the hero, the villain, the victim, or the guide. And, you know, all of us are heroes in our own personal stories, but I think we reach a new level when we realize we're not only the hero of our own stories, but that we can also step into someone else's story and become a guide. And I'm a firm believer that we only really do that when we understand the role that we're playing in our own story. So that's the purpose of the workshop is to help people understand the role that they're playing in their own story. And we do it in two days together here in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's been a lot of fun. Well, when is the next one? Because I think I want to, I mean, I if I can come, I want to come. Oh my gosh. You'll, yeah. Don't worry. We'll save you a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. So when is it? The next workshop is October 21st and 22nd. And we actually have an early bird discount that will open this Saturday, May 14th. 2022, writeyourstory.com. If you go to writeyourstory.com and register for the October workshop, you'll get 10% off of your ticket price. Oh my gosh, this yeah. is perfect timing. Perfect timing. This was not planned at I know. all. <laughs> That's why I asked him when we started. I'm like, when will this go live? So oh, it's great. Well, perfect. Okay. So this is airing on Thursday, but people listen to podcasts basically whenever they great. want. So hello, if you're listening to this, when it actually comes out, then in a couple of days, just go to writeyourstory.com. And then do they have to do anything to get the 10% No, off? the 10% will be available. It's available from the 14th to the 21st of May, 2022. So Saturday to Saturday for seven days. And then after that, it'll go back to regular price okay, until so up until October 21st. So if you're listening to this like a month from now, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you missed it. The early you bird the, gets the, the early worm. bird, uh, <laughs> the early bird special. But I, I'm adding this to my calendar because that is something I think that I would thoroughly enjoy. I think you a year ago it. or two years ago, I probably been like, uh, too intimidating. Yeah, okay, can't Hold go. On. Can we talk about how two years ago, it's been two years since I've seen you in person, which is crazy to think about, but 
when we recorded before, which was like what, early 2020? Yeah. February 2020, I think. Probably something like, like right that. before shutdown. I was like, Amy, you need to write a book. And you were like, no, no, never going to happen. <laughs> you were like, let's try, Allie. I'm like, no, seriously, you have so much to say. You need to write a book. And you were like, yeah, that's not ever going to happen. Well, and let me tell you, I've experienced more in the last two years than I probably have in my entire life. So now I probably really have stuff to write, but yeah. I still don't know that I, I don't know that that's my lane. But I might write something for myself. Sure. And and now I see the value in that. And I think I sent you a voice memo the other yes. day and I was like, guess who writes for three minutes every morning? <laughs> I love it's, it so like, it's one of the first things I do. So like things that are new to me. And when I say new, I mean in the last few years. Yeah. I no longer snooze. And I say this as someone that's 41. Yes. So these are things I did for a very long time. I was always a snoozer and I defined myself as a snoozer and I was proud of it. And there was no way you're going to get me to not snooze. Yeah. I purposefully set my alarm earlier than I needed to wake up so that I could snooze. And like, I was proud of that, yeah. even though it makes zero sense. <laughs> so, but if you happen to do that, I feel you. There's no judgment whatsoever. Yeah. Like it does feel good. But now I outgrew that. Yes. And I'm no longer a snoozer. I am now a make my bed person. I used to never make my bed. And I was like, mm, that's just something my sister does. Yeah. She makes her bed every morning. <laughs> She's perfect. She's this. She's yeah. that. I don't need to make my bed. And now I make my bed every day. And I love making my bed. Yeah. And if I, cut, if I, for whatever reason, don't have time in the morning, when I get home from work, I'm like, shoot, I got to go make my bed. Yeah. And it sort of resets me. So I'm a big bed maker. And then I was like, I'm not really a writer. I don't like to write. Mary and I had come up with our Four Things Gratitude Journal a few years ago to be simple. And like, hey, we've included stickers because we were like, you In know, some you days can't. you just don't have words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just throw a sticker there because we didn't want it to be overwhelming for anybody that was trying to introduce gratitude as we were. We were trying, we were like, this is what we need. Yes. So here, hello, put it out into the world. So now I can write. And I saw that too, as I did more gratitude, but still was structured into four things. And I would just kind of some stuff, I would just write my coffee today, you know, yeah. which is great. I'm yeah. acknowledging something. I'm writing it down. It's pen to paper. But what I'm doing now, in addition to gratitude is this is like, I roll out of bed. Okay. I didn't press news. I make my bed and I grab my journal. I have a timer on my phone. I haven't advanced past three minutes and that's okay. That's right. Yeah, it's Cause totally I don't agree. Again, I don't want to get overwhelmed. So I set my three-minute timer and I'm like ready. I put the date and when I hit start <laughs> on my phone, my pen is already touching the paper and then I flow. I try not to overthink it. Yes. Even if I'm like, I don't even know what to write, then I write, I don't even know what to write until something comes to me to write. And it's been very interesting, the things that flow out of me. And of course- You've always told me for years that writing is so important. And then my therapist had me read, which I didn't complete the book, but I did start it, The Artist's Way. Oh, yeah. Because um, I, I work in, I'm a creative. I yeah. work in, a, I have a creative job. I remember saying to my therapist, like, I feel like ever since my mom died in 2014, like, I'm not as creative. And then other life events have happened. And it seems, it's silly to say now, because it's like, oh, okay, our, our job is sort of just, not that important <laughs> if you think about it. I mean, it's like things I was doing. It's not like there's this profound stuff that was like changing people's lives by any means, but I could just see in my work that I produced for the Bobby Bone Show yeah. and the type of employee that I showed up as was more creative. Yeah. 
And I'm still working on trying to tap back into who that was. I see different projects that I took on. Again, not life-changing stuff, but I would spearhead little silly things, but that were still contributing to the whole show and what we were doing. I mean, I even think like in 2011, Bobby did something where he did a tally mark for every time someone did something awesome or creative on the show. And he tallied it for a year. (laughs) And he, at the end of the year said, whoever has the most tally marks gets a thousand dollars. And he gave my mom the thousand dollars actually to hold in her bank account. So that way it was there. Yeah. And she could hand it out to whomever got it. And at the end of that year, obviously my mom was still living. So this is when creative ate me. Yeah. And at the end of that year, I had the most tally marks. And I don't know, it's weird to think back on that, but I feel like the last few years, if he were to have that competition, it almost scares me that he might do something like that again. Because I'm like, I wouldn't win. Wow. Or that's how I feel. Yeah, sure. I'm like, I wouldn't, the things I was coming up with and creating and topics and videos and leading in a way, I don't even know. I look at some of that stuff and I'm like, that didn't come from me. Yeah. Like, how did I even think of that? That's so weird and off the wall and bizarre and, but also cool, like amazing too. I can acknowledge that at least for what it is. I don't know why I keep having to say it's not life-changing stuff. Maybe it's because I'm watching the Brene Brown special on HBO Max, Atlas of the Heart. (laughs) And I'm like, that's life-changing work, you know? But, you know, to put out a silent film titled Bacon where I'm pregnant and I give birth to a baby pig and then I protest bacon at the grocery store because my my child is a pig. It's weird stuff. I have to say, I have to correct you though because what you all are doing, you and Bobby and the whole team are doing is really profound. I have been a listener to the show on and off. I moved to California for a period of time and the time zone was off, so I didn't always listen to it then. But when I lived here in Nashville and I traveled a lot for the work, for work, I would listen to the show almost every single morning, no matter where I was. And um, not only are you bringing joy and happiness to people's lives through just like being yourselves on the radio, but also the stories that you're sharing are, you're connecting in exactly the way that I'm talking about, the way that we do through the written word the authors that I work with, you're sharing personal stories from your life. You're sharing them in a way that's connective to other people and you're making other people feel like they're less alone. So even though I'm, I'm a friend of yours and you know, some of the stories are stories maybe that I would hear, even if I wasn't listening to the show, I still was really motivated to tune into the show every morning because it makes me feel like I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. gives me a reason to laugh at something in the morning. And I mean, the little things are the big things. I think that more and more, the older that I get, It might seem little to make someone laugh in the morning, but if you can change the way that someone feels about themselves at the beginning of the day, I mean, you guys are doing profound and life-changing work. It really is. You're very sweet. I definitely, what I just wanted to preface that I just know that there's so many amazing creatives out there doing like really impactful stuff. I just feel like some of the things I was doing that were creative were silly, but you know, silly is We need good. We need silly. I just haven't been able to tap into who that is. And my fear is now, like I'm trying to prepare for like, if another challenge were to come up, would I have a year's worth of content that would get me the tally marks? And not that it's about winning either, but you know, it just was a, it was a testament to where I was then. Mm -hmm. And then how life evolves and we change and how different traumatic events affect our brain and what we're able to tap into. But my goal with the writing as you have taught me and my therapist and artist's way is like, I was able to get there at one point 
so it's still there. Yeah. And I can tap back into that. Yes. But kind of to circle back to the beginning, I have to put the work in and I'm it matters to me. I want to be good at my job. Yeah. Like I well, want to I be creative. It's being good at your job, but it's also bringing the best and truest of yourself to the world, which is the part of you that we all feel so connected to and inspired by. You know, I think that's really the beauty of the show is that you all together have created an environment where you can be yourselves, you can be authentic, you can share parts of yourselves, you can be creative, you can be silly, you can be funny. And we're all kind of like listening going, oh, you sound like my friends. You know what I mean? The reason I say that is that for anybody who's listening, whether you work at a hospital or you work on the radio or you want to be an author or you work a boring desk job somewhere or whatever, or you're working at Starbucks and you're making coffees or whatever you're doing, this work, the both the personal work that we do, the mental health journey that you're on, the writing that you do, the sharing of your story, it's really all about the same thing, which is about bringing the truest and best of yourself to the world so that every person you come into contact with, whether that's 150 people you're making coffee for on a, on a Tuesday morning or whether it's, you know, millions of listeners on the radio, so that when they come into contact with you, they feel like, oh, I see you and you see me and we're the same and I feel valued and I feel loved and I feel, you know, like I can have a laugh. So it's all, it's all the same work. Well, thank you for being a guide for us in that because that's what you are to me in this narrative. Mm. You're definitely a guide and I would say the role of the hero too. And I mean, we all, that's what I love about Donald's thing too. And I'm sure y'all go over it at the workshop too. But we, it's, it's interesting when you recognize the time where you were a victim or I was a victim. I was playing the victim. Yeah. Like I really was, but I, if you stay in it, that's when that it's a yes. problem, which when your first marriage ended, you could have stayed stuck in victim yeah. role. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. And I am, I am so thankful for that. Oh, thanks, Amy. I'm so, so thankful for you and for your friendship. I guess we'll wrap with some gratitude then. Yeah, perfect. And uh, if you want to share four things right now that you are currently thankful for, that would be awesome. First on my mind is I'm grateful for this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I love listening to your show and just feel really honored and grateful that you invited me to be on. I'm also really grateful for my family. I have two sweet, crazy children. <laughs> I have two kids under two, so it feels a little crazy most of the time, but it's really, really sweet and fun. You get these like moments where you're just like, how do I have two kids? You're so precious. So I'm grateful for my family, including my husband, who's a very supportive, like 50-50 partner with me in all things. And we have a great relationship. So that's a gift. Grateful for that. I'm grateful for the weather that has changed in Nashville. We're finally getting warm weather. I'm not a winter kind of a gal. Love the summer. I'm really excited for all the summer memories that we'll create going to ice cream and swimming and all that stuff this summer. So I'm um, grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the work that I get to do. This is just like, it's the work that I always dreamed that I would get to do. Working with authors has been a huge dream of mine, but more than that, transitioning to working with everyday people who want to share their story. You know, it feels like a, a joy that that's what I get to go to work to, and do every day. So well, I can't wait to show up October 21st and 22nd yeah. and take a workshop. I hope I get to do that. Um, again, I want to say that website one more time in case you're listening right now. And now at first you heard her say it and you're like, I don't know if I could do that. And then now you're like, oh, I want to do that. So <laughs> writeyourstory.com. Again, starting this Saturday for seven days, you can get the early bird special. So 10% off. And um, I'm going to link 
Allie's book, The Power of Writing It Down, in the show notes. And also Indestructible. I'll mm-hmm. put that great in the show notes as well if people want to know more of, of your backstory in that. And then uh, our Four Things Gratitude Journal, I'll also link as well. I don't know that we have that many of those left and if we'll even be making more, but they support Project MetaShare in Haiti. And I'll also link The Artist's Way. That's the book that oh, yeah. also has encouraged me to help tap into some of my creativity, get those juices these, flowing. These four things, gratitude journals are gold. I'm so glad you created these. It's It really makes the concept of journaling accessible for people. So I love that you created them. If you don't have one already, you should go get one. Oh, thanks, Allie. Yeah, sell, sell Amy out. So she's got to make more. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Allie, thank you so much. People can find you on Instagram at Allie Fallon, and that's A-L-L-Y-F-A-L-L-O-N. And are you ready to walk? I'm ready. Okay, well, we're going to go enjoy this beautiful Nashville weather. I hope y'all are having an amazing day. And if you want to reach out to me personally, four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com and on Instagram at Radio Amy. Bye. All summer the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.